and being so uh, honorable. But friends, I pray that you can sense that for the past few weeks, we've been preparing for something. For the past few weeks, we've been getting ready for something very special. What is it we're preparing for? Well, in about three and a half weeks, we're going to be celebrating the first coming of Jesus. We're going to be celebrating the first coming of the King, King Jesus. Amen? And I pray that during this time of preparation that God has touched you like he's touched me in profound ways. We found that in Psalm 23 that God continually touches us as our shepherd, as our comforter, and as the Lord of our lives. Last week, we identified with that innkeeper. Do you remember? The innkeeper. And we found that we too need to intentionally make room for Jesus this Christmas. But not only that, we also need to intentionally permit God to touch other people through us. Today, we're going to find that Christmas is also a wonderful time to touch the overlooked. To touch the overlooked. Friend, have you ever forgotten something real important? <laughs> Bubba was like reaching for the sky here, man. <laughs> Amen? Uh, you know what? I have too. But let me tell you the story about this one young woman who went away to college, and when she went to college... She left the responsibility of watering her plants and feeding her goldfish to her mom. Now, admittedly, her mom was a little ditzy. Y'all know anybody like that? Amen. She was a little ditzy and had a tendency to be real forgetful. Now, we all know somebody who has a green thumb. For instance, Miss Frances Berryhill, she always makes our uh, arrangements for our church every Sunday, and she all these plants come from her greenhouse. Miss Frances has an incredibly green thumb. But this woman that I'm talking about, this mother, she had what's called a brown thumb. Y'all know what a brown thumb is, right? Everything you touch dies, amen? Well... The plants that the daughter left to this mother died within a month. And she had to call her daughter in school and let her know that all of her plants had died. Well, the young woman called about a week later and the mother confessed that the goldfish had died too. And so after a very long pause and with kind of a fearful voice, the daughter said, How's dad? Coming into this Christmas season, we acknowledge that it's easy to forget things, even feeding dad. Amen? But seriously, though, we easily get our priorities all mixed up. And when that happens, the true meaning of Christmas can get lost. That's why we are taking so much time this year to prepare for the coming of Christmas. So let me ask you, are you getting ready? Are you preparing your heart? Are you preparing yourself for the coming of the king? 
It's just too easy to uh, get caught up in all the presents and decorations and all the parties because the truth is this, y'all. The true meaning of Christmas is not found in the wrappings. The true meaning of Christmas is found in the gift. Let us remember that this Christmas. But you know who helps us to understand the true meaning of Christmas? Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Every Christmas, kids get the annual blessing of watching the Charlie Brown Christmas where Charlie Brown admits to his friends that he really doesn't understand the true meaning of Christmas. And so his friend Linus informs him and informs all the friends of what the true meaning of Christmas really is. And he quotes from Scripture in Luke chapter 2. Give me the next slide, brother. Quoting from Scripture, Luke chapter 2, that's on page 905 in the Bibles in front of you if you want to follow along. But Linus says it this way, and, and he says it in the middle of this Christmas cartoon. Here's what he says in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord shone before and stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those that heard it marveled at the things which were told to them by these shepherds. But Mary, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen as it was told to them. This, folks is what Christmas is all about. This is the true meaning of Christmas. It's all about the gift. It's all about Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us, coming to touch us to make a difference in our lives. Today, as we look at the shepherd's role in the Christmas story, we're going to find three truths that I pray will encourage us to touch the overlooked you see, these shepherds, these shepherds were overlooked. But they were not only overlooked, 
These shepherds were also treated with disdain. Disdain is like, man, they are horrible. They're ugly. They're, I hate them. I don't want to be around them. And so much so that in verse 8, the Bible says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in their fields. They couldn't even live in town, keeping watch over their flock by night. You see, these shepherds were a fellowship of the forgettable. Nobody wanted anything to do with them. These men were overlooked. They were forgotten. They were treated like second-class citizens. They were uneducated. They smelled lousy. And they were considered low-class if they had any class at all. But during Jesus' time, being a shepherd was a dead-end job. There was no hope for advancement. There was little chance of doing anything for the rest of your life. You were stuck. And as a result, no man would want their daughter to marry a shepherd. They were treated with disdain. They were a fellowship of the forgettable. But these shepherds were also considered outcasts and misfits. Shepherds had a hard, thankless job. And that job could be dangerous because it was their duty to protect the sheep. To protect the sheep from robbers and from wild animals. But even in, with that, in the big scheme of things, these shepherds just were not considered very important at all. As far as religious matters were concerned, they were considered unclean. They couldn't even go to church. They couldn't participate in any worship activities, none of the activities of the holy days, none of the activities of the feasts. As far as society matters were concerned, these shepherds had gotten a reputation for being thieves. Therefore, they weren't even permitted to testify in court. Friends, these shepherds ranked among the lowest of the low. And yet, these are the ones that God chose to first announce the Savior's birth. And that brings us to a second truth that I pray will encourage you to touch the overlooked. And that is, these shepherds were chosen to make the declaration. See, when it comes to the announcement of God's one and only Son, you want it to be somebody important. Somebody that people will listen to. I mean, who would you have told first? After all, this was the Messiah we're talking about. This was the anointed one, the Christ. This was the greatest birth of all time. And so if you were God, who would you pick to share this incredible news with the world? I think if we're honest, if it were up to us, we'd probably seek out the celebrities of the day. We want the beautiful people to share the best news. In that culture, our choices might have included maybe the religious leaders or the priests at the temple, maybe the rabbis or the synagogue officials. In that day, our choices may have included the secular leaders like King Herod, maybe a military general, perhaps even Caesar Augustus himself. But all I can tell you this morning is our choices and God's choices are different. 
who would you have told first? Can I tell you that God intentionally told shepherds? He intentionally told shepherds first. This was not a random choice. God sent angels to these shepherds. Did you hear it there in verse 9? And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger in a feeding trough. And suddenly there was with this angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. It was just an ordinary night. Just ordinary sheep. Very ordinary shepherds. And if it were not for a God who loves to put the word extra in front of the word ordinary, this night would have been no different from any other night. This night was no longer ordinary. But you know, God often chooses to do his greatest work through people that we normally think of as ordinary. He loves to do great works through those who we think are weak. God loves to do his work through those who we think are unimportant. And I think that's exactly what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians when he said, Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Man, that gives me hope, amen. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world, the despised things of the world, and the things that were not to nullify the things that are. Listen to this. Here's the reason why. So that no one may boast before God. You see, to God, nobodies are somebodies. I love that song. To God, every believer is just a nobody. A nobody called to tell everybody about somebody who saved our soul. So these shepherds were treated with disdain. But they were chosen to declare the truth of God. That leads us to a third truth that I pray will encourage you and I to touch the overlooked this Christmas. Because these shepherds honored the king with their devotion. Verse 15, Luke says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, 
which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. You know, it astounds me to think that these shepherds treated with disdain, these lowly, unimportant shepherds were the first names in Jesus' guest book. The first names in the guest book belong to common people, not the uppity rich people. When these shepherds got the news about the birth of Jesus, I like the fact that they didn't dilly-dally around. Y'all know what dilly-dallying is, don't you? They didn't dilly-dally around. They moved. They got with it. They hurried. This was such good news. They had to act immediately. Somebody's got to know it. Somebody's got to hear about this Jesus. The Lord has made known to us. They became the first guests to this miraculous birth. And so exciting things were happening to not so exciting people. Exciting things were happening to not so exciting people. You know, in our age of tons and tons of fake news, this was the real deal. This was the real deal, friend. If they had had TVs back then, this would have been network-worthy news. This would have been the news to know. And so by God's design, these social misfits were the first to know about Jesus and the first to respond to the birth of humanity's Savior. I read about these shepherds. And I think we need to connect with the overlooked. I think we ought to connect with people who are so often overlooked by society. Some of the overlooked in that day were these shepherds. Don't miss this. God continues to speak through the poor. God continues to identify with the overlooked. God absolutely insists that we as believers reach out to these overlooked people. Because when we do, we're really reaching out to him. And when we do not, we're really resisting him. This is what Jesus meant in Matthew chapter 25 when he said, for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and it was you that looked after me. I was in prison, 
And it was you that came to visit me. I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it for me. The overlooked. Today, overlooked people come in all manner of categories. The elderly. The outcasts. The homeless. The derelicts. The refugees. The tramps. The overlooked include those who are unappreciated. Those who are challenged. They are the untouchable. They are the addicts. They are the diseased. These, under, these overlooked are the ones that are infected with AIDS. They are the convicted felons. These overlooked ones are the battered wives and the neglected children. They're the migrant workers and the foreigners. If you heard that list and you said, Phew, glad I don't know none of them people, let me bring it personal to you. Essentially, the overlooked are any of the ones you are overlooking. The overlooked are any of those people that you are overlooking. While he's a great Christian author, Max Lucado is also a pastor in San Antonio, Texas. Pastor Max once said, when we consider how to honor overlooked people, we usually don't need to look too far to see how to do that. Pastor Max told the story of when professional basketball star David Robinson came to visit his church. He said, you can imagine the stir that was caused when a seven-foot basketball pro walks into your auditorium. He said at the end of the service, people mobbed him. They mobbed him. And after the pandemonium had finally settled down and David went his way, then we began the second service, Max said. He said, as I went up to, to speak about the announcements, a homeless person walked in the back door of the auditorium. He came down the aisle with his backpack and his ratty jeans and his torn t-shirt. His face was unshaven and he had this, this distinct odor. But he walked down the front aisle and he sat down in a seat close to the front. And Max said, the contrast hit me like a hammer. David Robinson enters, and the place goes nuts. Everybody's wanting to touch him. Everybody's wanting to be close to him. 
not a single person jumped up to sit close to this homeless man. And after two or three awkward minutes, one of the deacons at that church got up from the back and he came up and he sat by that homeless man and he touched him. And Pastor Max said, watching him touch that homeless man touched me. And he said, the message I received that day is this. If you want to touch Jesus, whom do you touch? If you want to touch Jesus, we should be willing to touch people that don't nobody else want to touch. Touching the overlooked. See, Jesus gives you and I a special calling to seek out and touch the forgotten people. The ignored people. The battered people. The people beaten up by life. That's why we go to El Raposo. That's why we support Safe Place. That's why we give pocket change for food. Trying to make a difference. Because we know that God doesn't give any preference to any group of people or to any class of people. It's only by the grace of God that you're not in their place. God doesn't discriminate on the basis of intelligence. God doesn't discriminate on the basis of education, on the basis of wealth, on the basis of profession, on the basis of political power. He doesn't discriminate on the basis of social standing. Verse 10 reminds us that Jesus is the Savior of all Equally. Can we read that together? Then the angel said to these shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. We don't serve a partial God. He wants us to serve all people. Just like he served all people. So friend, this Christ, especially this Christmas, I want to encourage you to connect with overlooked people. Connect with overlooked people. You see, while our worship time here together is ending, your service to the overlooked is just beginning. There are many that God wants to reach through you. Many ignored people, many forgotten people. Whether it's intentional or unintentional, he wants you to connect with the overlooked. Connect with the overlooked. Ask God. Say, I don't know nobody overlooked, Bill. 
Ask God. I promise you there's somebody in a very near proximity to what you do or where you live that is overlooked. So ask God to give you compassion. Ask him to give you a passion to understand the needs of overlooked people. Ask him to help you to extend the loving arms of God around them. Especially to those whose society has deemed unimportant. Connect with the overlooked. See God's face in them. See God's face on those who are forgotten. Those who are ignored. Connect with the overlooked. Touch them with your eyes. Touch them with your smile. Touch them, friend, with your time. Touch them with your love. Jesus is the Savior of all equally. Even you. The Bible tells us that God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while you and I were still sinners, Christ, this babe, lived a life and died a death for you. All you have to do is receive this gift. People say, Bill, I know that. I know all about Jesus. I read it. I've heard that message preached so many times, it ain't funny. I know it. But have you ever received the gift? Have you ever received the gift of Christ in your life? It comes with great, great benefits. It comes with the benefit of knowing God as your Father and the Holy Spirit of God as your God. This morning, we invite you to receive the gift. Then you'll be empowered to connect with these overlooked people we've been talking about this morning. Let me pray for you. Father God, we praise you and we bless you this morning for sending your only son to be born on this planet and ultimately to give his life and be raised from the grave for our benefit. Father, thank you so much for our Jesus. Thank you so much for the guidance of the Holy Spirit that helps us to be the kind of men and women and children you want us to be. Father, thank you for sending your son. Lord, I pray if there's even one, just one, it's here this morning that can say to themselves in their heart of hearts that they really have never received the gift. They don't understand what all this connecting with overlooked people means. As it was said in our life group this morning, before we're saved, it's all about me. But after we're saved, it's all about them.
Help that to become a reality in our lives. And we'll give you the glory in advance for what you do this morning. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and sing.